This is episode number 185 with president of McKnight Consulting Group, William McKnight. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I literally just got off the phone with William McKnight, and I have to tell you, this conversation was amazing. William is so passionate about what he does that I felt myself like just diving deep into the conversation and really getting a great feel, great sense for what is going in that world of analytics that he is working in and so what are we going to talk about today that's the important question right so William is a uh, data science consultant and he does consulting in the space of data science but in this very specific niche which is the back end of data science which includes data warehousing data lakes Um, Hadoop clusters, architecture, data strategy, all those things that an organization has to have in place in order for analytics to happen. We talk a lot about analytics on the podcast, but sometimes it's important to step back and understand what exactly are the right prerequisites for successful analytics in an organization. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. And in this podcast, you will find out specifically the details of what data maturity is. And that's not to say that that's only what William focuses on. He's got a ton of knowledge. He's been in consulting for 20 years. And you, when you feel his passion, when you listen to podcasts, you'll know what I mean. He's got his knowledge on very many things. But we, because like we were talking about this in such depth, we only covered this one topic, but we covered it very well. So if you've ever wondered about analytics, maturity of organizations, this is the place where you will get all that knowledge. So you will find out the four components of um, William's uh, definition of maturity, of, of, an, of data maturity of an organization. And you will find out the five different stages which at which an organization can be from one to two, three, four, and five. And you'll also understand what's they involve how to assess whether your organization is at level one, two, three, four, or five. And uh, when I say your organization, I don't just include executives and business owners. Without a doubt, this podcast will be beneficial to everybody of all walks of life and all levels of your career. So if you're an executive or a director of an organization, you will definitely learn a lot about how to assess analytics, maturity of your organization, what to do about it. If you're working in on in an organization, you will also learn how to see where your organization is, where it's headed, and find those telltale signs that, um, you know, whether they will deliver on the promises that you're expecting, or maybe how you can help the organization deliver better on their analytics maturity, on their data maturity. And also, if you're not yet employed and you're looking for to join an organization, this will help you make the informed decision of which organization to join 
do they have the right data maturity? Very important. I think it's very important for anybody in data science to know these things. So can't wait to get started. Very exciting episode. Um, I was extremely engaged in this and I can't wait for you to hear everything that William has to share and also learn everything that I just learned about data maturity. So without further ado, I bring to you William McKnight, president of McKnight Consulting Group. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And today we've got a very interesting guest on the show, William McKnight, joining us in from Dallas, Texas. William, welcome to the show. How are you today? Thank you, Kirill. It's great to be here. I'm doing great. Awesome. And uh, you mentioned that the weather in Dallas was pretty crazy just before 100 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 or so degrees Celsius. How did you survive that heat wave? Uh, not easy. Just just by uh, not going outside between like nine and eight p.m. You know, just <laughs> and I'm a runner too, so uh, it was it was really crimping my uh, my running program. Wow, that's crazy. Is that normal weather for this time of the year? Uh, it's a little extra hot this summer, but yeah, the summers are like that. Mm. You you have to be very cognizant of uh, the weather each day. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Um, but as I understand, you're a consultant, you're running the McKnight Consulting Group, so you'd have to get out to reach your clients. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't hibernate, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, getting out to see clients. I enjoy that, of course. Uh, so uh, still a bit of travel going on here this summer for me. Very interesting, very interesting. And um, it was very cool. So I, I really like your approach. So for our listeners, William... He is a listener of the podcast or has heard a couple of episodes and then now he's decided to, uh, and you actually have a podcast of your own. Is that correct? What, what is it called? Again? I, do, I do. It's called Data Decoded and it's um, it's under the IBM Analytics podcast. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Because okay. I was checking up... on iTunes and I couldn't find it, but I see it on IBM now. IBM, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. We, we talk about non-IBM things too. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, gotcha. Um, and and then you like uh, decided to reach out and come and share your knowledge and expertise with our listeners. So thank you so much for that. I'm, I'm looking forward to um, hearing all about your world uh, or your side of the world of data science. It will be exciting. That's right. It's uh, it's the side of the back end, the side of platforming data, getting data into their best it's best platform to succeed so that data science can can go really mm-hmm. gotcha and uh we've had a few guests on the show who've spoken about you know data architecture data um warehouses or um yeah so data engineering and all, all those uh, sorts of things so it'll be good to refresh on that and get a different perspective so um maybe to start us off if I'm a person who just met you, and which, which is indeed the case. But let's say we catch up at a, at a bar or a coffee house or in the street, and I ask you, William, what is it that you do for a living? Could you give us a brief description, please? Well, I, uh, I make data into an asset for companies. I make it into their greatest asset. Mm-hmm. I get it in, uh, into platforms to succeed so that they can do analysis, they can do data science, they can do their reports. And they can really, you know, run their business through their data. 
And so, uh, you know, I, I treat data as you know, the most important asset of the company, which it, it is for mm-hmm. a lot of companies already. And it really needs to be. Mm-hmm. So I improve data maturity and make it, uh, make it into a great asset for the company. Gotcha. And I can already feel how you're raising a lot of eyebrows already, because how can it be so like in this day and age that there are still companies that don't have their data warehouse, that don't view their data as a very important strategic asset that are not using their data in their operations day to day. How is that the case? Well, they're not doing well, mm. um, but they're still hang- they, you can still be hanging in there today. But uh, in the next few years, if you don't get your data act together, if you don't get this part of it right, uh, you will not be uh, you will be very much more unwell and mm. perhaps even out of business. It's, it's that important. So, uh, you know, a lot of companies that can't get out of their own way, uh, they can't get beyond the tactical. Uh, they can't even consider things other than what they have considered for the past you name it, 20, 30, 50 years. And that just isn't going to uh, work in this economy where things are changing so rapidly. Uh, There's so many innovations in data and around data that you really have to be availing yourself of what some of them are because your competitors surely will be. Mm -hmm. They're getting more efficient. They're getting more effective at bringing data into their daily operations and helping it helping, you know, make decisions for the company. So this is becoming really important for companies. And so, you know, those laggards, and I do have a maturity spectrum, and there are obviously, you know, maturity level one companies. That's okay today. Actually, it's not, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, But you got to get that momentum moving forward. That is the only uh, means of survival for a company today. Gotcha. Okay, totally agree. And there's actually an interesting quote uh, that is, often referenced by entrepreneurs such as uh, Peter Diamandis, who say that 40% of the Fortune 500 companies will no longer exist in the next 10 years. And that's that's actually quite an old quote. It's a few years old. So, you know, it's probably like eight years left that uh, 40% of the Fortune 500 companies will no longer exist. And if you think about it, it's massive, right? So um, it's, it's only 10 years and almost half of the biggest companies in the world will disappear and most of it is due to technology and data as well and as you correctly pointed out it all starts at the beginning it all starts well that's that's kind of rhetorical but like uh it all starts with the data warehouse and and uh, where the data is stored how it's collected we talk a lot about on this podcast about data science and um artificial intelligence and machine learning and how the different algorithms can be applied and so on but if you don't have the data in the first place if you don't have that are prepared and ready for analysis and handy in the first place, you won't be able to actually do those things. So, and that's, that's where you come in. That's, that's the part that you take care of, making sure that everything is structured and um, working efficiently and the way it should be even before we proceed to the analysis. Is that, is that about right? Uh, that is about right. And you, you touched on something that's very important for everybody to understand out there. You know, I'm a data consultant. I've been doing data warehousing for many years, uh, 20 years of consulting now. A lot of data warehousing, of course, in my background. But in the past decade, it's transitioned to a lot more big data and master data and everything, you know, all data, really. Mm-hmm. But no matter why I might come into a client, I might be there for big data or master data or what have you, uh, data integration, data governance, data quality work. Um, as, as I look around, it's that data warehouse that 
needs remediation to the point where that's almost the top priority no matter why I came in there. So we we tend to start to gravitate back towards that data warehouse and fortifying it, mm-hmm. bringing its maturity up. And that tends to be the place where a company can put uh, its, its money and get into data and get the biggest bang for the buck. Still, still today, even, even though we need big data, we need master data management, we need streaming data, uh, we need a lot of, you know, cloud-based data platforms and so on. Um, you better have your data warehouse act together because that can create so many efficiencies for a company that um, it's almost impossible to move forward from from a point that doesn't doesn't have a data warehouse into some of these other disciplines. Mm, gotcha. And you mentioned a couple of times a maturity or data maturity of an organization. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Because I find that that's a very interesting topic to be able to come in and and tell and do an assessment and tell an organization you on the maturity scale that we use you are you know maturity level one or two or three. It really puts it into perspective. It it does, and uh, it it used to be that I used to uh, I used to push back on that question where I would get this question all the time. Um, how are we compared to everybody else? And I used to say, well, you know, it's not about that. It's about how good can you be? Mm. You know, let's focus on how good can you be? Because we're not at the end of your maturity uh, journey here at this company. But uh, I have found that having a maturity model actually helps me uh, know what the next step should be on a journey. And it does help put things in perspective and fortify sort of uh, some of the arguments that I make with the client about what those next steps should be. So uh, what I did was I looked back over our clients for the past three years, uh, and I did this earlier this year, for the past three years, um, this is some 40-odd clients, and plotted them across every data characteristic that I could think about. And then I looked at company performance. How are those companies doing? Mm-hmm. And the and just and and, and I, I and there were natural lines to be drawn there in terms of what they were doing with data across five uh, maturity levels. And so that's great. I mean, we we're used to five levels of maturity. Mm-hmm. And so I can tell what a how good a company is doing by how they're treating their data from one to five. And as you go from one to five. You're actually you're doing more with data. You're capturing more data. You're managing more data. You have more data science, more data strategy. You have more technology in place. The organization is more mobilized around the importance of data and things like this. So it, it helps me plot a company into their maturity level and say, hey, here's where a lot of companies, here's what a lot of companies did to get to the next level. And by the way, my motto, my motto is you can't skip levels. So mm-hmm. we got to get to the next level before we can jump all the way to the next, you know, to level five. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's different, there's different aspects of data maturity. For me, there's data strategy, there's architecture, there's technology, and there's organization. And you, I have not encountered companies that can take one of those all the way to five and then and leave the rest behind. They go in sync. They go in concert. So while we may be excited about improving our technology, if we don't improve our organization at the same time, you're just not going to be able to improve your technology and improve your overall maturity. Mm-hmm. Mm, very interesting. I, I really enjoyed that uh, or very curious about that point you mentioned that uh, you can tell how well a company is doing by the level of its maturity. And 
what I was wondering as you were describing that is which way do you think that relationship works? Is it that they get to a level of maturity and then they do better, their financial results are better? Or is it the other way around? Their financial results are better and so usually they're invested more into their um, data maturity, like data technology, architecture, organization, and data strategy to get the maturity up to speed. Which way do you think, which comes first? Well, I, I, that's an interesting question. Never, I never thought about it that way, but I think that the answer really is that it, as you invest in data wisely, mm-hmm. uh, not foolishly, not doing more of the same because that's the only thing we know how to do, but <laughs> if you invest in, in your data platforms, your data architecture, data governance, et cetera, uh, wisely, then that's going to raise your company maturity mm-hmm. and your company performance. However, we all know how it works out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as company performance is better, they open up a little bit more budget, they do a little bit more, uh, success begets success. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the other way works as well. Totally agree. And uh, I think the, they come hand in hand. And also, probably, probably organizations that enhance their data and see like see that they're getting better financials out of it they will be more inclined to invest further into data and on actually on that i wanted to ask you what is the metric like we'll talk about maturity in a second but what is your metric for how well an organization is doing is it like something specific are you talking about you know the profit or the margins or uh you know the market capitalization or or you know some other metrics that uh, allow you to tell or is it just like a general sense based on the final profit and loss statement and balance sheet you can tell how well organization is doing well there's the difference between a public company and private company in terms of that so for a public company to a large degree you can use the stock performance relative to the stock market mm-hmm. uh, for a private company it's not as simple mm-hmm. and we certainly have the private companies as clients as well so uh, that gets gets back to a little bit more of a gut feel and maybe a little bit more of things that you know we know being on the inside that aren't public mm-hmm. uh, about performance. And so uh, then you know it's things like sales, things like profit, things like expanding into new new product lines and meeting the goals that you might have as mm-hmm. a company. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Awesome. Thanks for that. And now like talking a bit about uh, maturity. So. You mentioned you have the spectrum on one to five, and you also mentioned that you have at least four different components of maturity. Can you tell us a bit more? So the ones you mentioned are data strategy, architecture, organization, technology. Is there anything else? And how do they all tie in to define this concept of data maturity? Yeah, so there's data strategy, architecture, and technology, as you mentioned. There's also organization. Mm -hmm. And so these are quadrants, right? These are uh, not discrete. Certainly, they don't operate completely independently, but you have to draw the line somewhere. And um, I've always used these four things as uh, you know measurements for my clients uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I find that uh, I want to draw the, a distinction for the client between technology and architecture, for example, mm-hmm. because there is a difference. Technology is, you know, what we purchase, um, what we're going to utilize to get things done. But architecture is how we fit it all together mm-hmm. and how we work the seams of all the technologies that we put in place. So we might have cloud databases and Hadoop clusters and NoSQL clusters and a master data management hub. Well, how does the data move around between them? How do we decide? How do we decide 
that we need a new database, a new data mart, for example, versus reusing an existing mart? How do we make these decisions? You know, that is, there are many, many decisions of that nature, uh, and I put them in architecture. And mm -hmm. I also, you know, I have organization because it's very important, the skills of the people that we have aboard, the quantity of the people that are, you know, working on data, are they dedicated? And how do projects work? Are they organized? Is there a clear path to production? These are things that are independent of the technology and the architecture. And finally, I wanted to address uh, the trickle-down effect that there is on any form of company strategy. And so how about data strategy? You know, how does management feel about data? Because how they feel about it is how it's going to be supported. Are they putting it uh, on a pedestal? Are they putting it in their quarterly reports? Are they talking about it? Do they even know we have a data warehouse down here? And, and do they care? You know, things like this. So I wanted to just raise awareness with whomever I'm talking to that there's more to it than whatever that they're tightly focused on. And these are the four things that fell out of that. Mm, okay. All right. Gotcha. So technology and architecture combine or like work together, organizations, how everything works, data strategies. What is the strategy coming from top? Interesting. And so my question then would be, when you go into an organization, who is it that you talk to about all these things? You know, is it the CEO? Is it the CIO? Is it the board? Is it uh, all the executives together? Um, because this seems like a quite a, quite a few things from different areas. You know, strategy is more the CEO. Architecture and technology is more the information, the CIO or different departments under the technology space. Organizations, maybe the COO. How, how do you get them all to work together on this? Well, that, that's true. And as a matter of fact, uh, Kirill, it's the same question about how do I, who do I talk to anymore about the services that we provide to mm. a company? And this is true for <laughs> uh, the, you know, the software vendors out there as well. Uh, this is true for IBM all the way down to a, a startup in, in the data area. And what's true that I'm saying is that it's more complicated than it used to be. Mm -hmm. Because it used to be somebody like me would go to the CIO. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody had one. And um, that's where everything was, you know, everything emanated from that office, right? But that is so not true anymore when it comes to what we do in data. Mm -hmm. It's been so disintermediated over the past five years that there are legitimate pockets of, of data technology people everywhere in the company. Mm -hmm. And it, the tricky part is getting them all to work together mm -hmm. to, to the right degree, right? We don't want draconian centralization you know, that's not going to work anymore. Uh, but we also need some centralization. And so uh, to answer your question, uh, I get around. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love to have a free hand in the company that's going to get you the best results in whatever it is that I do, you know, to talk all the way from the CEO to everybody. Um, but, you know, uh, every company's different and uh, we get focused in different areas. Uh, the, the strategy, the maturity level, it's only going to be as good as the, the input of the people that I talk to. But most companies, uh, when they engage, they, they really want uh, the full spectrum of, of service. So they have no problem uh, getting me in front of all the way from the CEO to everybody that is, uh, is interesting at all in this engagement. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Gotcha. And is there any one of these components that you would say is the most important out of the four? Well, see, that's that's where I'm. Um, I do believe that you know, 
some things are more important than other things. But what we've seen is that they tend to move uh, together. They tend to move in lockstep. They tend to be like four people that are arm in arm mm. and that are moving forward. And uh, this is what I was saying before, that, that one of them can't get too far ahead of the others because it just won't work. Mm. You're not going to be able to get uh, technology at, the, at a high maturity level when the data strategy is weak, mm -hmm. when the organization is weak. You don't have the people to follow through on getting the technology when you don't have an architecture to put that technology into. For example, and you can make arguments like this about any of these quadrants moving forward. So I just encourage everybody that works in data to, to be aware of the environment of data and the fact that there's other aspects that have to grow as well as your own in order for you to succeed. And this is where when I consult to a lot of technology people, I tell them, yes, this is all great. We need to get a Hadoop cluster going in here, we need to get on S3, we need to move this to the cloud, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, yes, yes. Data streaming, yes, yes, yes. But we also, at the same time, we have to be growing the data science of the company and growing the awareness of the importance of data because that's the demand for what we supply. And for many companies, they're so remedial but their answer to me is, well, William, all this is great, but nobody's knocking on my door. Nobody's demanding that they get more data. They get it in real time, mm -hmm. et cetera. They're just not demanding it. And, and that's, that's a, a symptom of a greater problem in this company. In that company, you really have to grow the data science and you have to – your job then becomes to be an advocate for data, a champion for data within the organization and show the company the possibilities. And this is another big theme of mine, and that is that today, company strategy is data strategy. And we who sit on the goldmine of the data within our organization, organizations, we have to be bringing the initiatives forward to the company that it can consider and, and take up because the rest of the company doesn't know what we know. And if data is so important, I hope we, I hope we all believe that, that you know, us who mm -hmm. are working in data, we need to get the message out. Wow, I, I love how passionate you are about that and the quote, company strategy is data strategy. That's definitely going on my list of quotes. That is so, <laughs> so true. Indeed, like, um, there, I, I believe there's two approaches to like uh, analyzing or running or strategizing about an organization, top down and bottom up. Top down is kind of like the more old fashioned approach where you look at what is going on like you know like the vision the mission and then you trickle it down it's so uh, probably not old-fashioned is not the right way to, to describe it it's the one that's that's been around for long it's still very valid still very relevant but now we have a new tool a new powerful tool when we can look at an organization bottom up we can look at what is going on in to to the minute if you have the right if you have the data collection points right you can look at to the minute to the Second, you know, what are your customers doing? Where are they purchasing? You know, what, what if it's not a B2C business? Like, what, what are your um, partners doing? What is, you know, what is the factory doing? You can analyze all these things and understand where the bottlenecks are, where the inefficiencies are. And, and then, as you mentioned, bring that to the business decision makers to inform their strategy to better understand how to run this organization, how to improve it. And uh, competitive pressures are going to make that um, become the norm in in the world. What, what are you seeing, by the way, in that space? Like, how 
uh, fast has this change been adopted over or embraced over the past 10, 10 or five years that organizations are more and more introducing data from like a bottom-up approach into their operations and strategy? So, uh, Kirill, it's not, yes, um, it's not just about, you know, what, what is everything, what's happening right now in the company and the concept, you know, what's, what's happening with our products, what's happening with our, our employees, what's happening with our customers, but what are they, what's going to happen next? Mm. And that is so possible today. And companies are starting to embrace that they can understand that. Not only can they understand it, they must understand it. And so uh, for a lot of companies now, and I'm not saying that artificial intelligence, for example, is pervasive, you know, in all the companies in production, they're doing it everywhere. But the, the type A companies that are going to succeed are going to embrace those disciplines that are going to stand the test of time. And that is really the game, I think, for leadership in companies is to embrace those things early that are going to withstand the test of time and be a good enough company to be able to accept these technologies early, warts and all, and still, still make it happen within the company and grow with the discipline so that when the laggards and the also-rans come aboard, they're way behind. And artificial intelligence is one of those things. And so there's artificial intelligence opportunities everywhere. So what I am gonna say is that even if I'm not asked, I am laying the foundation for artificial intelligence within companies because data is that foundation. We must bring a lot of data to make those artificial intelligence algorithms make sense and be accurate. And so we have to get our data act together. We have to start collecting all data, even if we don't see an immediate purpose for it. And we've got to get it into the right platforms to succeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Racha, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, on, on the whole concept of these four components of data maturity, you mentioned, and I, I can totally appreciate that, that... Uh, you cannot be successful more mature in one than the others. They have to come hand in hand, like you mentioned. There, there are four, what is it, four people are walking together. Um, but what I wanted to ask is, from your experience and from your observations of um, companies out there, industries, have you noticed in any case that like companies tend to focus on one more than the other? And I'll explain what I mean. For example. Companies would invest a lot into technology and, you know, in the hopes that they can get more data mature and just forget about not, not notice data strategy, data architecture or the organizational component. And uh, like notwithstanding your comment that they cannot be successful in that way, making it more mature than the other three. At the same time, have you seen companies trying to do that, like investing more heavily into one or the other and which one would be out of Oh, totally. And uh, you hit on the one that uh, the one that's going to get the most attention, and that's technology. Mm-hmm. And this has been and I've been consulting now 20 years, and this has been true for all those 20 years and probably, you know, the next 20 years, which is that we, we tend to throw technology at problems and think that it's going to solve the problem without architecture, organization, data strategy, and probably other things, Mm -hmm. because it seems like the easy thing to do. It never is. It's never enough. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, you hit on the one that 
that uh, you know many companies are trying to use as the one thing that's going to fix all data problems. But you know, in some other companies, it's senior leadership that is pushing data strategy. They just don't have the mechanism inside the company to do it with. Hmm. So sometimes it's strategy that's leading the way, which to me, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I can work with a lot better than if technology is leading the way. I can work with any situation, but uh, if if I got executive leadership behind the whole idea of data, maybe it's fuzzy as to how it all happens, you know, and you know yeah. what happens next, and what technologies do we need now, and what organization do we need? You know, those are great questions uh, to be answering. But sometimes it's data strategy that's out there ahead of other things. Uh, it's seldom organization. It's seldom architecture. Mm-hmm. Architecture uh, is tends to be in many companies still a drag along, meaning we they don't really do it. You know, they don't have a plan for this is what we want our data to look like in one year, three year and five year. That's what I want for organizations. That's what I develop for organizations is here's what you need to be targeting in the next one, three and five years. Now, you may deviate, but you have to have this true north so that you can make great decisions today mm-hmm. that's going to fit into your plans and that you're not continually making the same decisions that you've always made because you know, you're I guess you're waiting for somebody else to make the big decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Very interesting. Um very interesting how technology and data strategy sometimes okay and so in that case um what would you have do you have anything to say to executives of companies who are focusing on one of these components or the other because ultimately i think i can kind of appreciate perspective of leadership of an organization that's doing that and what i mean there is that it's probably expensive to focus on for all four at the same time a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of research, a lot of manpower to get all these things up and going. So it might be like an idea of, oh, I'm going to dip my toes in the water and try to push this technology side of things or this data strategy and see how that goes. And if that goes well, I'll invest into the other four. So I might even be aware of all four of them, but I want to start with one and then go. And so like, what would you like one biggest piece of advice be for executives listening to this podcast out there right now? Well, I've seen many a half measure in my career, and I can tell you that they they don't work. And I didn't I never said that this is all easy, you know, becoming data driven, moving up the maturity cycle. What is extremely hard, no matter where you are, one, two, three or four, what's really hard is getting momentum going in the right direction. And getting everybody on board that needs to be on board to move in the right direction. Once you get that momentum going, the hard part is keeping it up. Mm-hmm. But that is the hard part. And it doesn't matter if you're at one, two, three, or four. Now, here's what I say. I say everybody has to be at maturity level three today. Mm. That's my bottom line. If you're not there, you need to be sprinting to maturity level three. And some of some companies out there that are in more leading edge uh, companies, uh, leading edge industries that are more fully exploiting data, like I would say telecommunications, uh, healthcare, certainly there's a ton of possibilities there. Almost 
software, you know, you need to be at level four mm -hmm. ASAP. So you need to be sprinting to what it takes to be level three and four. Everybody else needs to get marching towards uh, level five, even though it's going to be hard. It's going to, it gets exponentially harder mm -hmm. to get to these levels, but it's so worth it. So to answer your question, Kirill, the, what I would say is that what we need is still a ton more leadership uh, in companies around data. We need more people that understand the holistic nature of data and the fact that you need to move all these things forward at once. We need people that aren't married to technology and married to the way things have been going for the past you know, decade or more and are willing to say, hey, this is, this is a great opportunity, for example, for this company to get into, you name it, you know, S3, for example, cloud storage for this particular workload. Maybe, and I've encountered a lot of companies that, you know, they have big data, but they're not capturing it, they're not storing it, and they're not, they're not doing anything with it. Maybe there's an initiative coming up that we can start to target and say, hey, that's the initiative that could use big data. We're going to platform it correctly on S3 or whatever, you know, we decide. But something that, that's a mindful decision. And there's plenty of things like this. As a matter of fact, you know, another thing I like to say is that all the projects that I've worked on in the past, I'd say, five years, I might be brought in to build a data warehouse. I might be brought in to build a Hadoop cluster, or a, big, a data lake, you know. I might be brought in to, to strategize and build master data management. Okay, great. But inevitably, that's not the end of the story. Mm -hmm. Inevitably, the client, they're not on Agile yet, so we have to break them into Agile. They're mm -hmm. not in the cloud yet in a big way, so we have to break them into the cloud. Mm -hmm. big, they're not capturing big data yet, so they don't get that, so I have to help them get that. And there's, there's like you know, 10 things like this. And inevitably, every project is going to be burdened with one or more of those things. So you're never, you're, you're, if you're looking for some, some discipline where things are going to be smooth sailing and it's going to be exactly what management tells you to do, you know, and nothing else, and you're not going to have to provide any leadership to break that company into some of these bigger things. You're just going to do projects. This is not the, this is not the space for you. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm tasked to do a data warehouse, for example, even today, it happens. Um, you, you know, I'm going to lean hard towards putting that in the cloud. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing a t tons of benchmarks of of the, all these database management systems out there in the cloud. So uh, that's, that informs my decision. Mm -hmm. So I want to put the, put that in the cloud. And then we have, you know, we have various parties within the organization that are going to rebel against that. And it's so easy for a company to say, Oh, well, you know, John over there. And I don't even have to say what, what department John is in somebody named John out there. He doesn't like what we're doing. So I guess we're not going to do it. That is where leadership has to step in and, and see the vision, see the future, help us move toward that future. And so I would say to, the, to senior management about data, I would say it's going to take some leadership to move forward. Gotcha. Okay. Make, the, make those tough decisions and hard calls to make things yeah. happen. Yeah. And like you said, it's about the momentum, right? Like once you have the momentum right. and you see the results, things are much easier after that. Okay. Um, and 
an interesting thing I would love to get a bit like uh, extract a bit more information out of you on is these data maturity levels. Like it's it's a very interesting concept. Can you give us like a, a, maybe a, some examples of what is a ver- level one versus a level three versus a level five, for instance, just so we can get a feel for what we're talking about here. And uh, maybe some people listening to this um, that might get a kind of a sense for where their organization might be on this maturity. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm glad you're, you're interested in, in data maturity. Um, a lot of people are out there, so I'm more than happy to talk about it. So if all the listeners could get their, get their hand ready and create a fist mm-hmm. with their right hand. I'm doing it I'm right now. Go, yeah. I'm going to go through one, two, three, four, and five real quick, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, you can start holding up fingers as, as this, you know, makes sense for you. Now, Maturity one, go ahead and hold up a finger because I'm going to give that to you. I'm going to give that to everybody. Uh, I'm not going to uh, fool around. Everybody is at maturity level one. Uh, some maturity models start with zero. Mine starts with a one. So you got that. Now, there's nothing good about maturity level one <laughs> <laughs> except that two follows on. But um, in maturity level one, you're talking about uh, there's no consistent information management architecture. You don't have true enterprise tools. Uh, you don't have data management quality or governance. You don't have multiple. You you do have multiple overlapping data stores. A lot of redundancy. Everything's behind schedule. You you don't have well done data modeling. You don't have a data dictionary. You don't have a good path to production. So, if that's you. Uh, you can stop right there, <laughs> but hopefully some of some of us can go forward now. In reality, when I do my classes, when I do my uh, when I do this for organizations, obviously we get a whole lot more new nuanced, and we break it down, and everybody gets maturity levels for each of the four categories. Mm. So maturity level two, uh, I'm going to say some of the things there. You're starting to get into the cloud. Mm-hmm. You're starting to go agile. And you have something that somebody calls a data warehouse. Or maybe, maybe you have many of them. <laughs> but it's not a dirty word, you know, yeah. in your company. It's, it's okay. It's okay to have a data warehouse. It's, it's, it. uh, it's up and running and it's doing some things, let's say. So that's uh, sort of your basic stuff for level two. So some of you got to hold up one more finger. Mm-hmm. How many are you holding up now, Kuro? No, well, two so far. Two, two for you. Okay, I'm getting good. a bit nervous about number three. Yeah, number three. Here we go. <laughs> so with number three, you have data specialists. You have some data standards. You have a great balance between centralization and non-centralization. You, you are covered when it comes to data privacy and things like GDPR. You're on top of that. You have MDM starting. You have third-party data that you're bringing in. You have a commitment to the cloud. Not everything in the cloud yet, but you have a commitment to the cloud. You have Hadoop or some sort of distributed file storage in development. Maybe not in production, but in development. In your databases, you have, you're using in-memory or you're using columnar or maybe both, but you're, you're at least using one of those things to a great degree. You get what I'm talking about, first of all, mm-hmm. and you're doing it. You have some data governance going on. And your data warehouse, it's not just a data outhouse that happens to have some data from your operational system. 
You've got some slowly changing dimensions in there. You're doing data quality transformations. And overall, you're actually doing this thing called data platform selection. It's not just same old, same old. You're doing platform selection and you're making heads up decisions about how you're platforming data. It's not just, we need more data, I guess we'll put it in yet another Oracle database because that's what we do here. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's level three in a nutshell. So some of you got to put up one more finger. Now it gets really hard. If you, if you think it's hard so far, maturity level four, Mm-hmm. The data layer is acknowledged by the organization. You have data retention. You are doing predictive analytics. You're starting to break into artificial intelligence. Okay, so that is now being considered as part of all your initiatives. You might say, well, what is artificial intelligence doing on a data maturity spectrum? Well, like I said before, data is the foundation for artificial intelligence. That's been proven. And that will continue to be true. And so it's on my maturity spectrum for data. And uh, it's, it's actually part of data science, mm-hmm. if you think about it. It's a way to exploit your data. So technology, now you've got your file systems, not just databases, but you've got file systems now in production. You have analytic stores, meaning it's not all vanilla, Oracle, SQL Server, what have you. you know, it's not OLTP databases all over the place. You've got some specialized analytics stores. And by the way, that's an important part about maturity is that today we're definitely in the world of specialization, which means that one size does not fit all, which means that as you make decisions, you have a lot to choose from. And you should be choosing from a lot. And you should be able to absorb a lot of different technologies inside of your organization, not redundant technologies, but a lot of different ones and making them all work together. So there's a lot in technology when it comes to level four, data visualization, not just reporting, data virtualization, that helps with the strategy of having so many technologies. You've got NoSQL or NewSQL in your operational area, not just OLTP databases. Cloud is now your default for all data. You don't have things like open source databases in production. You have streaming data, not just ETL. You have in-memory stores and you have columnar stores because there's a place for all of this in a modern organization, at least a mid-sized company and up. You know, another thing I do, Kirill, in this is if you're a mid-sized company, and you can define that different ways, but uh, I give you an extra, an extra finger, <laughs> an extra maturity level um, because uh, this gets this is really geared towards a upper mid-size and uh, enterprise level kind of global 2000 type of organization. Mm. I was about to say, I was, I was thinking that as well. Like, mm. But maybe, maybe let's go through level five and then, then we'll get back to that, the, the size okay. of the organization. Just to, just to finish off some of the high points of level four, you've yep. got a chief data officer now. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're doing organizational change management mm-hmm. because all these data projects it's bringing about a lot of organizational change. You got to do that. Oh, and you have a data lake now, which is another another thing I think is really important today. Mm-hmm. And most data lakes out there are really data swamps. They're not doing anything. <laughs> I love your metaphors. <laughs> They're really not. Uh, you know. But yeah. if you do it right, it does a lot for the company. And so that's part of maturity level four. Okay, maturity level five now. Yeah. Here we go. This is, this is the go. pinnacle. Okay. So, I mean, if you're, if you're at maturity level five, um, you need to 
get on the Super Data Science podcast oh, with yes, Kirill. Please, please email and, me. <laughs> and give your story because data is now an asset in your financial statements. It's on the tip of the tongue of all your executives. You've got all development in the organization mm. happening within architecture. And by the way, you're all in on a artificial intelligence. Wherever artificial intelligence can help a new initiative, it is. Mm-hmm. Your data integration is streaming. You have graph databases. There are specialized analytical stores for workloads with requirements not suited for the EDW. So you're, you're past this 1990s notion where the EDW is all things to all people. It's a lot of things to a lot of people, but it's they've become kind of uh, um, uh, cluttered a little bit now. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, they're highly used by so many constituencies but there's there's going to be room for specialized stores in the analytical arena. Uh, you've you, you've minimalized this use of the use of cubes. Remember cubes? Mm-hmm. Um, they no, don't have every, a place. Anymore. Everybody loves cubes. Uh, well, I don't love cubes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's sarcasm. Just for our listeners, cubes are like uh, these formations in SQL that you can uh, query and get. It's like a way of querying SQL and extracting data from different sources of tables. And it's it's a really not the most efficient way. That's right. That's right. And now you're starting to look at GPU databases. Mm-hmm. Not CPU, but GPU. You have data governance across the board. You have a mature organizational change management program. You have true self-service business intelligence where you've disintermediated IT and other forms of people between people and their data that are going to use it, you know, for business purposes. And you not only have a CDO, but you have a chief information architect Ooh. or something similar mm. because it's that important. CIA. You have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have an, uh, in your enterprise data warehouse, you're measuring data quality, you're scoring data quality, and it always hits that mark. It's always above the standard. And you have those architecture plans I talked about before where you have one year, three year, five year. And you're actually doing something with it, you know, when you're platforming data. And anyway, Kirill, on and on and on. But those are some of the high points of the maturity level. So maybe there's somebody out there with five fingers up right now. I don't know. Wow. Fantastic. And probably a criteria would be you called William and asked him to... <laughs> help you with some services and William declined your offer because he has nothing else to add. <laughs> William always there's has something all, to add. <laughs> yeah, there's always, there's always something to add, there's, you know, when it comes to data, because here, you know, here's another point, yeah. you know, to what you just said next year, the model's going to be different, True. right? Every year, the model's mm. going to be different. Mm. Who knows that, that five I just mentioned, that's going to be four, mm. you know, next year, who knows? Yeah. You know, it's going to, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of escalation in this. It's moving forward fast. Mm. So you have to keep going. This gets back to that momentum I talked about before. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you so much. I was like enjoying this really and feeling myself going like deep into, into all these things. Very, very detailed description of material levels of data. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners got a lot of value out of it. What I wanted to touch on was... What like you mentioned, I think it was after level level three or level oh, during level four that where you give an extra finger to those who are um, like small or mid sized or smaller organizations, and that's what I felt like when I, I was applying the same 
logic to like I, I totally like no questions asked this works for enterprise level organizations large organizations 100 percent high like i'm i'm thrilled for our listeners who are from those types of organizations and who got to hear this uh my question is for like for instance our company our company is like only 15 people strong uh it's a startup and you know we're at the same time we're servicing quite a lot of students we have you know several hundred thousand students worldwide and we like we have necessities for certain parts of what you mentioned like we're all in the cloud um you know we're constantly evaluating new tools and things like that we on the other hand we don't have uh, a need for a data lake we don't or, well not yet anyway we don't have a big data hadoop cluster or we don't need, even need these oltp databases we don't need um oracle and things like that so in some areas, on the other hand, like you mentioned in maturity level four, there's artificial intelligence. On the other hand, we're like we're exploring of using artificial intelligence and enhancing our services that way. So we kind of like I, I feel like we're penetrating your um, levels of maturity that you described in certain aspects, but very, very specifically targeted laser focused. But mostly we're sitting at level two. So should I consider the organization sitting at level two and like, you know, start trying to get to level three? Or is there a different scale or different approach that you have for younger organizations that are less mature in general than just data? Well, I, I'm not going to let let you off the hook, Kirill. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm not going to let smaller organizations off the hook when it comes to, you know, your data maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the best I can do, and uh, I thought about it, but the best I can do is just to, to add one. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> so... If if you think you're at at, at two, um, then then you're at three, yeah. uh, which means you're at you're at standard, you're mm-hmm. at you're at level for for right now. But I would encourage you and everybody out there to keep it moving forward. As a matter of fact, one thing that I like to do, because sometimes I'm kind of the the rent a CIO guy mm-hmm. uh, for for some companies, right? And so I'm I'm doing <laughs> performance incentives and things like this uh, for the people, and mm-hmm. uh, I want. Uh, you know, if you're a, for example, if you're a data integration architect at the company, uh, it's not good enough anymore to simply respond to requests and make the users happy. Of course, we want to do that. Mm-hmm. That's a very important. But we also want to grow the maturity of our discipline within the organization. So I want to see signs of maturity growth within data integration from everybody that works in data integration. I don't want them to just uh, be, you know, sitting there with a pen and paper taking down orders. We're not order takers here anymore. Mm-hmm. We can't be. Uh, there's, the time for that is way past. This is not the job for the order taker. This is the job for the leader. This is the job for the person who understands that they have to impose their will sometimes and, uh, and at the same time not only be great technically but also be great interpersonally and organizationally so that you can do that without ruffling too many feathers. Because here's another thing that I like to say a lot, Kirill, which is it doesn't take more time and money to do it right. What it takes is discipline, focus, and knowledge. Mm -hmm. And it's incumbent upon all of us in data to go and get that. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to repeat that. That's a good one. It doesn't take more money and time to do it right. It takes more discipline, focus, and knowledge. Very, very true. Um, yeah, I just wish more more organizations followed that that motto or kind of like that philosophy. And totally appreciate what you're saying about 
that it takes sometimes it takes the person that understands these things and like they just need to like push through their initial phase and then the momentum is gonna keep going so on that note you mentioned these this maturity scale changes with time and quite fast i wanted to get your feel for where is the world going because 20 years in consulting you know dozens i'm assuming probably more of companies that you've helped and worked with um what is your like impression where are we going what is coming in the next you know three to five years that organizations should prepare for and which in which direction should they be looking for what are the most important trends that you see now um i think artificial intelligence is the most important trend mm -hmm. uh, that i see now and how you can start getting ready for that again is to get your data act in order and start to collect all data at a detail level in the right platform at quality standards not perfect necessarily but at quality standards because what we need to be doing is looking for opportunities not just with ai but with all the you know possibilities that are out there you know iot is another one streaming data predictive analytics these are the things that are going to set companies apart so while it may be great that you have a, a great supply chain, you have great customer service, you know, um, all of these things are tickets to entry anymore into business. It's, they're expected. Mm -hmm. So beyond that, beyond that, what are you doing with your data? That's what's going to tell the tale of, of the future. And so look for ways, number one, let's say you can't think outside the box. Okay, look for ways to be more efficient about what you do today. Mm -hmm. So... You know, maybe it's in your call center because, you know, the call centers are rapidly changing, for example, you know, and they're going hard to chatbots, you know, whether we like it or not, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they're going, they're going pretty hard in that direction. So by 2020, people are going to manage about 20, 85% of business relationships without human interaction. Wow. That's just where things are going. Yeah. How about your, your shipping? You know, the, the cost of handling misplaced items. How about automating paper-based and human-intensive processes? You know, how about predicting small things like, oh, flight delays, for example, based on maintenance records, you know, uh, and, and getting in front of these things that are going to happen. So just look for efficiencies, mm -hmm. you know, in your company, and uh, you will find them. Uh, and, and you need great leadership to be mapping modern technologies to these problems. But um, that's always been true and that always will be true. Question. Thank you so much, William. That is amazing. Some amazing insights and uh, it's, it makes them even more valuable that they're weighted with so much of your experience and knowledge. I just have one question for you. Do you can you believe that it's been 55 minutes that we've been chatting? Like for me, it felt like five. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm just passionate about about this. I think I feel like it's so important. And I know that at the end of the day, it helps people. And and that really gets me going is, is helping people in their careers and so on. And so, you know, whenever I feel like I'm doing even a tiny, tiny part of, of that, uh, I'm all about it. So the time has flown. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I could totally feel your passion. It was a wonderful conversation. I have so many more questions, but unfortunately, we've run out of time. So I want to Thank you deeply and kindly for coming onto the show and 
Before I let you go, I just have to ask, what what are the best places for our listeners to get in touch, follow you, uh, maybe read more about your um, uh, insights and ideas, listen to you, you have a podcast, just please mention all and any of the links that will be valuable to our listeners. Well, everything's going to be at uh, the website, which is McKnightCG, mm-hmm. for consulting group, dot com. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can also find our company page on Facebook. And um, I tweet a few times a day. So my Twitter handle is William McKnight. So you can keep up with me at all of these places. Wonderful. And I just noticed on your website... Uh... Oh, and let's not forget the podcast, Data Decoded on the... Uh, Data Decoded, yeah. On the IBM. I, IBM Analytics Insights Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just noticed on your website, you have uh, the Inc. 5000 list. Congratulations on that. That's, that's a major achievement for a business. Thank you. That's, that's really cool. Okay, um, and... Yeah, so we'll, all of those will be in the show notes. Anybody can get uh, the links there. And one final question I have for you today. What is a book that you would like to recommend to our listeners to help them enhance their careers? Uh, A book. Uh, um, I'm a reader, so I've always got a few going. Mm -hmm. And um, okay, so one I'm reading now is called The Champion's Mind, How Great Athletes Think, Think, Train, and Thrive. And um, that's for the sporty side of me, but there's also some knock on over to uh, the work side, right? Because um, I believe that, you know, what we need to be doing is forging champions minds out there and that's going to make all the difference in the world. So this book talks about that, brings in some examples of, you know, great athletes of our time and, and how they think and how hard they work. And that, that's really inspiring to me. Awesome. And who's the author? Jim. I can't hardly say this. Afrimo. Jim Afrimo. The title yeah. of the book is The Champion's Mind. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, William, for coming on the show. Really appreciated your time today and all the You got it. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was William McKnight of McKnight Consulting Group. A very exciting podcast indeed. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. You could probably feel the passion that William has for what he does and the way he communicates it. It makes it extremely simple to understand what data maturity is and how to assess it in your organization. I wonder how many fingers you got to, um, you know, uh, how many fingers you were awarded in his rating from one to five? Uh, that would be that would be always so interesting to understand what our averages for uh, podcast listeners here. Um, in any case, my personal favorite was the quote that he mentioned: "Company strategy is data strategy." That is where the world is going. That is what we're seeing. Data is so you is ubiquitous in every organization and the organizations that do use it and do incorporate it in their strategies. Those are the organizations that are going to survive and thrive. And of course, as usual, you can get all of the links in the show notes, which are available at www.superdayascience.com slash 185. There you can also find the transcript for the episode and any other materials that were mentioned. And finally, if you enjoy this podcast and you know somebody who has 
ever wondered about data maturity of the organization or at which stage their organization is in terms of data science analytics um, or maybe you know an executive or a, a board member or a director who might benefit from this then forward on this episode to them and share this knowledge help them also understand benefit from this wisdom from these insights that William shared with us today and on that note I hope you enjoyed today's podcast can't wait to hear you and see you back here next time until then happy analyzing <laughs>